Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team. We showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Exvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Exvoyant today. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers at your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. Please join me at Outreach Unleash. I'll be heading to San Diego with the Outreach team March 10th through 12th in what will be one of the top sales conferences of 2019. Come see me in my session as I'll be sharing a new coaching framework for how one-on-one coaching can help you build a sales dynasty. Hit me up for more info or for tickets, and you'll be glad you attended. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are joined by my friend, Max Altschuler. Max is the CEO of Sales Hacker, the world's largest community for salespeople, and has helped form the landscape of the modern sales environment. After selling Sales Hacker to Outreach, Max is now the VP of Marketing for Outreach, and today, he helps drive the growth of one of the fastest-growing software companies in North America. Max has a super unique perspective on how sales leaders can enter and stay in high growth mode, and we are so fired up to have him join us today. Max, my man, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Pumped to be here. Max, you and I go back a little ways. I've been able to watch you do some killer things with uh, what you've done with, with Sales Hacker, but I'm, I'm watching your impact get even bigger now that you've uh, started to build this, this world of sales engagement. For our listeners who may be learning about outreach or hearing about outreach, can you just really quickly tell them what outreach is and then let's get into your story? Yeah, outreach is the leading sales engagement platform that allows you to really do any action from one application. So, you know, your buyers are on all these different channels now and personalization and relevance is no longer all you need to get a deal done, but you need to be where your buyer is. And so if you are you know, selling to an ops person and they're sitting in front of two screens every day, are you going to call them and, you know, text them or leave them a voicemail? It's probably not going to go as well as if you actually sent them um, something to one of those screens, maybe an email, maybe a personalized video, maybe connected with them on, on LinkedIn and sent them a message. It's really just about what are these channels that these people are living in and, and how do you make sure you're, um, you're playing to your strengths and playing to those channels that they're in. So, um, outreach allow, is a platform that allows you to um, set up sequences in a way where you can, st- you know, on, on day one, you can call someone, leave a voicemail later that day, send an email alluding to the voicemail that you left earlier. The next day you can send a direct mail, you know, maybe it's an envelope or a package or something like that. Send a personalized video, um, you know, from one of our many integrations and our partners, you can 
um, you know, send a message through LinkedIn on our platform. You could send a, a text to our platform. So just allowing you to interact and engage in so many different ways with your buyers and prospects. And then on top of that, give you the insights to measure, build, test, and optimize um, these sequences that you're building out and, and really clone your best reps. So clone all the best actions um, that you're seeing happening, the best activities, and um, and replicate that across your team. Yeah, and it's true. My I, I, cards on the table for our listeners. I, you know, we chose to use outreach uh, at, at Exploit. We love what you guys are doing for our team. I can tell you, it's been a difference maker for sure. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what you're doing in outreach, especially the uh, the big event that's coming up that our listeners need to make sure they're aware of. I want to make sure we finish with that. But Max, one of the things our listeners love the most is they're like. Max, tell me your story. How'd you end up there, man? We're, we're sales people sometimes or sales leaders that want to find the next level. Can you just take a few minutes and just kind of share your story about what got you where you are right now? Yeah. So um, in college, I tried to start a bike share program similar to these Lime bikes that you see everywhere now. And there's City Bike in some of these major awesome. cities. And uh, so I won a business plan competition and I got a exclusive rights to commercial bike sharing contract done with the um, with the school. So I was at Arizona state university and go Sun, Devils. Was, go Sun Devils baby. And this was 2008, this was 2009. So recession had just happened. So, um, three 23 year olds, or I think it was, we were 22 or something like that. Three 22 year olds. It was not, we were not getting any money for Mac manufacturing bikes and bike racks. And this is before city bike and stuff existed. So, um, I graduated and this kind of failed at the same time. And then I started a social media business and I, I started that just to strictly make American uh, money while living abroad and ran that for about five <laughs> months from Costa Rica, Nicaragua, parlayed that into a job at a online education company called Udemy, where I was the first business development employee, basically the first salesperson who was in, in charge of the instructor side of the marketplace. And we were about eight employees, I think, when I joined. And now it's, uh, now I think they're doing about 200 million a year in revenue. So it's a massive company. Uh, wow. And, um, I built out the, uh, instructor side, uh, or sales side of their platform of their marketplace through their seed A and B rounds of funding. And while I was doing that, that's where sales hacker started. That's where I was, um, hiring virtual assistants in the Philippines to act as our SDRs and using an early, early sales engagement platform called Toutapp that just did the email side of things, um, to reach out and, uh, sell over email in a, um, a really scientific manner. You know, I was testing and AB testing and optimizing everything in our emails and making sure that we were, um, optimizing every step of our sales process. And I think it was, it was one of those things where I, I started writing about it and people kept reaching out to me like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Can you show me this? Or, you know, here's what I'm doing to scrape databases. Uh, here's what I'm doing to scrape Crunchbase using Python script. Like, you know, let me show you how to do this. So we started meetups where we would kind of geek out together. And we said as a group, only bring people who add value, only bring people who can kind of, you know, bring something to the table here. So um, we started as a group of four, ended up over the next year meeting monthly uh, to a group of 20 and we'd geek out on all things sales hacking. And by the time, um, you know, we were in our, our, you know, I don't know, 12th meetup. So, you know, after a year in our room was Jason Lemkin, who was a founder of yeah. Echo sign, you know, which sold to Adobe. So he was at Adobe at the time we had Matt Cameron, who was the VP of global sales at Yammer 
who had just moved over to scripted. We had Armando Mann, who at the time was the VP of sales at Salesforce or at Relate IQ. It hadn't sold yet to Salesforce. We had Doug Landis, who was VP of sales um, productivity at Box yep. at the time. Um, so we Those had some are some good, awesome dudes, man. Yeah. So we had a really amazing um, uh, group. And I said to the group after I had left uh, Udemy and, and moved on to another company called Attorney Fee, Attorney Fee sold to LegalZoom and they wanted me to move to Austin and switch to marketing. And I told them there's not enough zeros on that check to make me do either of those two things. So um, <laughs> I, I was at that point unemployed and was figuring out what I wanted to do next. And I really wanted to start my own thing. I believed I was ready and um, I just didn't want to rush into it. So I said to that room, Hey, who here would be interested in, um, in, you know, speaking at a conference if I start a conference around the stuff that we're discussing in this, in this, you know, meetup that we built. And, uh, I got some good hand raises between those four guys and a couple others. And, uh, so I threw a conference and I made 60 K in profit in four weeks. And I was like, wow, there's a business here. And I, you know, at this time, again, I'm like 23, 24 years old. That's some good money. Um, it's more than, it's more than what my annual salary was at Udemy, you know, a, a year earlier. So it's amazing, Max. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so I started from there and we, we did conferences and then we started the blog and then we started uh, meetups and then we started webinars and then, um, we actually ended up being the event partner for the Saster annual. So we started the Saster annual for the first two years and, uh, and we pivoted from events to digital and we ended up doing a lot more, you know, webinar and podcasting business than we were in events. So we successfully, you know, did that pivot when we, we felt the events world was a little too saturated with um, sales vendors who could run their events at a loss and it was fine. It's hard to run a, a profitable event business when you're competing against people who can lose money. Yep. Um and so we pivoted successfully to digital. And then uh, I was an early investor in outreach. I'm an investor and advisor in about 55 different companies. And um, I went to Outreach's conference last May. And I sat down with Manny. They had raised a $65 million Series D round. And it wasn't public yet. But because I was an investor, I had known about it. And I sat down with Manny. I said, hey, congrats on the round. Um, you know, what keeps you up at night? And he said, marketing. You know, we, we, are, we are not talking to our audience in the, in the way that we need to be. And uh, it was kind of a match made in heaven. You got the product that's best in class that I believe every salesperson should, should be, you know, utilizing. And um, I know how to, you know, get in front of salespeople with what we've created at sales hacker. Um, but what I said is, you know, under one condition, you know, sales hacker is my baby and it has to be, it has to be unbiased and independent in its own media site. And I think we've done a good, a good job at that since we've had, we mentioned competitors in our articles and, um, you know, have featured them on webinars and, and other things that we do. And, uh, so right now it's sales hackers running. It's got a hard wall, um, in between sales hacker and outreach, um, uses completely different CRMs and marketing automation. And, uh, we're still churning out amazing content on the sales hacker side. And, uh, and yeah, on the outreach side, it's been, um, it's been definitely, uh, a, a new journey. I, I was running a, remote company where I didn't have a, a, the, my customers were my, were my boss and yeah. uh, living, living in Miami and the Hamptons, um, switching off summers and winters. And now I'm uh, up in Seattle and we're growing like crazy, doubling every year at this point, um, plans to IPO and hopefully the next two years. And, uh, we are growing fast. We're getting a lot of recognition out, out there. And, uh, we could really tell that the, um, 
the market for what we are providing is is um, white hot. It's pretty incredible. There's no doubt. Outreach is on fire. And like I said, we're, we're fans for reasons. Yeah. Up in our growth, our growth. And so I, I'm excited to have you on now. What I want to talk about, you know, our show, you know, me, we're, we have a listener base of people that are sales leaders or those that aspire to be right. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how do you get into high growth mode? And, and the other side is how do you stay there? Which you have a lot of experience in both with, but I want to take it with an angle that's never been done on the show, man. This is what I'm excited to have you on. Yeah. We've never had a marketer enter our hallowed walls over here, okay, at, at the Sales Leadership Podcast. Oh, yeah. And you said early on that uh, there wasn't enough zeros to make you leave sales to go to marketing. I know yeah. you're not at outreach just because it was more zeros. That's not why you're there. You're there because you know you can help drive growth. Yep. So I, wanna, I thought today it would be great for our sales leaders to get some insights. How does a sales leader use marketing to either get into high growth mode or to stay there? You, know, you can pick either side to start with. You're an awesome uh, reflection on this because you've been the guy that got into high growth mode and now you switched over to the side where you're staying in high growth mode with a thing that's getting ready to, to double, double, double and then go, go IPO. What are some things that sales leaders ought to be thinking about so they can use marketing better? Because I don't know about you, I'm sick and tired of hearing about a disconnect between sales and marketing. We should just be focused on growth. So a couple of things help for me, at least. Um, the fact that I was in sales before and the fact that I market to salespeople. I don't know if I would be a very good head of marketing at a company that uh, does like um, freight, you know, uh, yeah. or some Makes kind sense. of like data analytics for, I don't know, like um, developers, uh, SQL developers. That's just like, it's one, I'm not passionate about it. Two, I don't know enough about it. Um, three, I never lived it before, so it's not me, but I am their persona that I get to market to. So, and that's why it's interesting for me. So you can speak the language. That's, that's why. I can speak the language, but not only can I speak the language, I know I understand the plight. Like I, I got up in front of um, our AEs and our SDRs at RKO and been like, I was you. I've been there. I know what it's like. And, you know, it's like I, I have lived in your shoes. I know what you need from me. And I think that's super helpful. And hiring somebody, you know, that, that has significant experience in your space is probably a good first step, um, you know, to hiring uh, somebody to run marketing. But if you don't have that luxury and you're already in uh, the position that you're in, um, I'd say getting the most out of your VP of marketing, first and foremost, um, if you're an individual rep, is about building that relationship. Um, I have reps on my team that come to me for things all the time, and when, you know, I do something for them, there's a big thank you. There's, you know, okay, what can I do for you? How can I help? They escalate things to me. They help. They give us constructive feedback. And that goes so far for us. It allows us to turn things around and act as a revolving door for our salespeople. And your marketing team, that's how you should think about them. Like the information goes in and then it comes back out to you. So for exa- for example, like any sales collateral, um, we have reps that come in that like do their own work and do their own sales collateral. And if we see that we get the feedback on it, that that's useful. We'll create a much nicer version of it. But if we don't get that feedback, then we can't do that. And because I'm, I've been in sales before I actually can get ahead of that and say like, Hey, I think you guys need this. Have we tried this? Let's get creative on this and be proactive about it. But in a lot of circumstances, your VP of marketing doesn't know they need the, they need the feedback from the streets, from the people of the ear to the ground to be able to relay that information from them so they can get that collateral 
So, I like that. So, so be proactive in what is working that they could maybe make even better. Yeah, exactly. So what's working? What could we do better? Whether it's, um, Hey, I'm in a, I'm in a geo and we haven't had an event in a while. Can we put something together? It's like, yeah, totally. Like, let's go do it. Um, or what are, what are some, what are some things we could do to get creative, um, with certain accounts? It's like you, if you come to us and you speak up, you know, there's a, the old saying squeaky wheel gets the grease. If you have a good VP of marketing, they are aligned on revenue, you know? So how can they help you? We are here to support our sales team, make money. Now we're not going to, you know, put up with divas who are making ridiculous demands. But like if you come to us and you give us some really good feedback, we'll put it into action. So I think that's the first thing is just like build that relationship, invest in that relationship with your marketer. So you know what it makes me think as I listen to you, Max, and, and I'm really glad you started with this, you know, salespeople and sales, like well, you and I have lived it, man. And, and, and I work with sales teams in friggin' 19 countries around the world right now. Everybody's building relationship plans. Everybody's doing account mapping. They're doing all these things to try and make sure they're getting that 6.8 relationships and all that kind of stuff, which we know we have to do. But the real question that you're making me think about is, what's your relationship plan for that marketing partner? Do you have one? Are you investing in it? Are you working on it from an authentic perspective, not just a, so I can manipulate your perspective? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we know when you're being authentic and when you're not, but like, uh, we are here to support and that's what we want our reps to know first and foremost. So it, it does help to have like walked in their shoes. What about when it's early on? I mean, is it different when it's early on versus that scale? Cause you guys got a lot of salespeople that are doing some cool things at outreach, but you know, for a young company, for a person that maybe they're just figuring out what the voice is, it might be even be more important to make sure you have a, a really good revolving feedback loop, right? I mean, the earlier, the better, right? The earlier, the better. And, and as you scale, you definitely need it. It's just going to come through a lot of different, it might not come through the VP of marketing. It could come through sales enablement into, into product marketing and back. Um, but I think there are other things you can do earlier on. I mean, there are things that we do now. We schedule an hour a week where, um, Manny, our CEO, and this is one of the things I came in and instituted immediately was he sits down and prospects with our AEs. So our AEs will bring a spreadsheet and they have to put a little dossier together and bring to him. But during that hour, he'll go down the list and he'll, he'll do what he needs to do. And it kind of is, is almost is a, that's a, amazing. I love that, dude. It, it's a term I'm, I'm trying to coin. I'll write about it one day, but it's like the, the horseshoe of power or something like that, where if RAE goes to Manny, and says like, Hey, I need help with this account. And Manny knows their CEO or somebody at their executive level through our VCs or, or through his connections already. If he can tell that person to look out for us or to tell their, um, their decision maker or one of their stakeholders to look out for us. Now that CEO on the other side or executive makes it a priority for the person that the AE is trying to access. Then when the AE goes back to access them, they're responsive. So it's either, you know, um, Manny gets the conversation going or Manny just lets them know to let the other person know that, you know, they should respond. And that greases the wheels a lot. You know, if you get a message CEO to CEO and then that CEO knocks it down to the person who's responsible for it, they're going to take the call. They're going to do the, they're going to do some kind of, le some level of evaluation. And that works really well, no matter what size company you are. So if you're, if you're, if you haven't raised any money and you don't have board members and you don't have VC, you don't have any connections to anybody else, um, it is always still better to get a 
a letter from the CEO than it is, you know, from a random account executive. Got it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, unless like you really need to make your company look bigger for some reason, but. <laughs> and that, that actually, that may be the case sometimes too, right? So. Yeah. All right. I love that. What else? Well, so that's the first one, build the relationship and make it so you can have authentic feedback. That That's, that's a really good place to start before you get to number two. Why do you think that like divides exist? I mean, why do you think that happens? Well, everybody has their own goals. Um, so like, you know, you'll always see uh, our our new CRO came in and he said, uh, never lose a deal alone. That was the decree he made. Hunt and packs, never lose a deal alone. Losing a deal alone is a fireable offense because <laughs> you are only looking out for number one. You're not bringing things uh, to, to the exec team to escalate fast enough. And you're putting yourself in a position to lose that deal if you're alone. If you lose it as a team, okay, that's a loss, you know. It, it, you, you know, you did your best. Everybody has a chance to, to help and it is what it is. But if you lose a loan and you didn't take advantage of all of your resources that you had at, at your disposal. And I think like when people are, are sold or comped individually too much, then they tend to be lone rangers or be divas or be, you know, me, me, me first. If you do a, if you hire AEs and do a poor job of, helping them understand how they're comped. And it's like, okay, well, you're only comped on commission. You're going to get somebody who only cares about the deals that they close. But if they have a healthy base and, you know, let's say stock in the company, then it's not just about me, me, me. It's about, okay, all of us as a whole. Yeah. Same thing with the marketing team. You know, I look at us as a company. I, I'm, I am not comped on revenue, but I'm graded on revenue. So like technically I'm comped on revenue because if I don't hit my numbers, I'm fired. But like, yep. Um, you know, we are all tied to revenue. So I think that divide exists when like a marketing team is only comped on number of leads, but not necessarily revenue from it, which I think is changing across the board. Yeah. Or when there's a situation where um, reps are, don't understand how they're comped and they feel like they, uh, it, you know, it's every man for themselves. And if they don't hit the number, it's their ass. So what do they need to you know, worry about anything else for? Yeah. All right, cool. That's, that's super insightful. So what else, what's something else that you think that smart sales leaders should do if they want to establish and have more success by using the marketing relationship more effectively? Yeah. So, um, raise your hand, get involved in, um, content as much as you can get out there, build your brand and listen to them when they tell you how to, to, to build your brand. I think like one of the things you're seeing right now is um, LinkedIn is becoming a really interesting network and it has network effects to it. So for example, if uh, I post something on LinkedIn, the people who are viewing that are potential prospects. So I, what we're, one of the things we did with our reps when I first started was like, okay, let's make sure all of our LinkedIn profiles are tight. Let's make sure we all have the same banner, the same header, mm, we're it. all in a pack together and that we're, you know, liking and amplifying each other's content so that we can build, you know, funnels off of these things. Um, you know, one of the things that I do is I have someone on my team look at all the people who have viewed my profile from the previous week and they go through that and they'll send and like, they'll flag for me, which are prospects. And then I'll reach out and say, Hey, you know, see, stop by my profile. Um, would love to connect, connect with them, start a conversation. I'm almost using my LinkedIn profile as like a uh, drift or intercom chat function 
where it's like a landing page where I'm, you know, uh, catching, uh, what you catch more flies with honey or something like that. Is that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's almost like a, a fly trap where I'm putting out valuable content. People are coming to see my page and then we're making sure we capture those. So I think you're onto something big there because I think everybody would say, yeah, yeah, we know that LinkedIn's important, but here's what I would guess. Tell me what, cause you've, you've got an interesting perspective on this as well, Max. I would guess that a lot of sales leaders say, hey, get your LinkedIn profile up to snuff or we're going to have a training session on how to use LinkedIn and then they move along and you hire new people and new content comes and probably they don't use the resources that a company has to make sure like what you said, that you're in packs, everybody looks the same, we're, we're amplifying, we're sharing and, and I think that they say, yeah, do that and they just assume they have. You know, there's got to be, uh, that's got to be a place that's easy for a sales leader to say to their marketers, hey, let's make sure that you're, you know, you also have relationships with our individual reps. So they're up to speed as we hire, as we promote, as we grow, right? Because you're going to have all kinds of new things happen and they may have missed that training. And as a result, they may not be using LinkedIn the right way. Yeah. And, and, a, and a lot of times, and this is where the, the rifts could, could deepen if you don't take accountability. So a lot of times, you know, we have our RVP meetings. And if the reps don't do something, it's either because the RVPs didn't enforce it or because marketing didn't make it easy enough. And so I can go into that RVP meeting and say, Hey, I don't, I don't see these people doing X, Y, and Z. Is this easy enough? Like take the responsibility right off the bat as a marketer and, and immediately say like, am I making this easy enough? Like if not, let's, let's talk about how I can make this easier. And in that case, and maybe this is just a sales tactic overall, but like, Let's get that off the table. If I'm not making this easy enough, give me the constructive feedback I need to make it oh, easier. I love that. And if, and if, and if I am, if it, if the answer is no, it's easy enough, then it's like, okay, then why aren't this, why isn't this being adopted? Like now it's, now it's back on, on the RVP's table to make sure that this happens. So Max, what this now makes me think on this one, and I'm super glad that I were doing this. I have not talked to anybody like this and, Oh, I think there's a lot of people doing what I'm doing right now. They're, they're burning up notes, uh, because Max, what, tell me if again, if I got this right. So instead of like waiting for marketing to be valuable for you or like interact with you, be the partner that they want to be the partner that reaches out and says, you know, this is what this, this is like what we need or what's working or what's not. And, and, and be that person that reaches out first and it's easy for them to reach back. Right. Is that kind yeah. of what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. You're like, if you're a salesperson, your marketing team is where you're going to, is where you're eating, is where you're going to get your lunch from. Right. So like you, you need to be, you need to be investing in that relationship and be proactive about it. You know, and if you're a marketer, you are, your job is to, is to support revenue for the company. So your salesperson is your, is your counterpart who's going to go in there and close deals. And you need to be like, Hey, how can I help you do that? And I think there's like whenever there's this riff or there's this um, divide or angst, it's like, why? That is, that's bad. That's really, um, you're going to run very different pages. And I think that like it's the CEO's fault because people are being comped poorly and, and not, not, not that they're not being comped enough, but they don't understand how they're like, how their comp ties to overall revenue and growth of the business or, um, somewhere in the hiring process or the onboarding process or the culture of the company, you failed to get people to buy into the mission of the business. Got it. I agree with you. And I'm glad you said it because I think it needs to be said. It needs to be heard. So those are some good, some good things to, 
that, that marketers and sales guys can do to, to use markers? Any other top of, I mean, those are some good. Is there anything else you kind of want to, you know, make sure you share or is that good? Let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Those are some good ones. I've got lots of, lots of, uh, handy tactics and stuff, but, um, you catch me on LinkedIn, you'll see them all. Yes, you will. You have great content. So let's start with those because those are some meaty ones. Those are four really good ones that you've given us that I'll summarize in the section at the end, but th- those are really good. And I, I got to think that those are things that you could get off as podcasts and try to do those just a little bit better immediately. And I think like with anybody, when someone reaches at you, they reach back, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So I want to have you now take your marketer hat off. I want you to go back to your roots, bro. You're back to the sales world now. Okay. And you're seeing stuff. What I love is that you're a successful marketer because you're selling to sales leaders. So you know that, that, that language. You're also at a high growth sales org. I want you to share some of the things that you've seen here uh, with our, with our, our uh, leaders that we're listening right now. What do you think are some non-negotiables for any great sales leader? For a great sales leader, what's a non-negotiable? But if you're going to be great, these are things you got to get right. Um, know, enforce, and live by your numbers. Like that's 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 like first and foremost. You have to you have to develop a culture of accountability, uh, a culture of accurate forecasting, a culture of keeping things up to date at all times in Salesforce where sales ops or um, you as a leader can instantly pull the numbers. And honestly, as a salesperson, um, you could, you could always like tell who's uh, who the best are and who aren't by like, you know, simple questions like what percent of quota were you last year? Or, like, what'd you pull in? Right. Because the best ones always know their numbers, right? Right. And you know exactly what you're, what as the CEO of your business, you know exactly what you brought in, what your profit was, you know, like, you know, you know what revenue was last year, probably down to the, to the cent number, because like, that's, that's what gets us going. That's what, that's what we love. Right. So I think the, the biggest non-negotiables are, are, um, being process oriented around your, your numbers. If you can't forecast and you, um, and your stages are too long or you don't have enough stages or there's bad data in your stages, you're, you're doomed. You're not going to know what your numbers are. You're not going to go, you know, know when you need to go get more pipeline. And yeah. as you get bigger, it just gets harder. It gets harder and harder and harder. So, um, so I think that's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, the other one is you have to be somebody that people want to go to war for. Like you have to be somebody that people mm-hmm. want to battle. Good one. Rob, Love that. You are somebody that people want to go to war for. Everybody that meets you, like they want to go to war for you. They, be- they believe in you and they like your attitude and they like your integrity and your honesty and your ability to help. And I think like, that's, those are the things that you need in a sales leader. Somebody who you know is going to have your back, is going to help you get there, is not going to give up on you, but is going to be honest and, and have a high amount of integrity and is going to, um, you know, is going to, is going to, is going to train you and ramp you properly and coach you. And, you know, it might not work out. Like, listen, they're not, they're not there to be your dad. They're not there to be your family. They're there to be your, your sales leader. But, you know, the, being able to strike that balance is very important. Being somebody that's, that's firm but open to feedback. You know, there's lots of different character traits there and qualities. 
So I just had a great sales leader that you and I both know. He was in my office 10 minutes before you and I started this podcast. I can't use his name on here, but he has been on our show. Mm -hmm. He just didn't give me permission to, to, to put it on a show like this. He left a team that uh, was doing quite well. And the reason that he left, Max, mm -hmm. was because the company made it so he no longer could look at his reps in the eye and feel like he was being authentic with high integrity. So yeah. rather, than, rather than be that leader, he quit. Good for him. That's what I say. And so, so for people that are listening to the show, so I think they're going to get your first one on no enforced delivery numbers. You know what? Unfortunately, you're right. It seems like a no-brainer, but Max, so few do. Fair to say? So few do. Yep. But I think the bigger one is what you said. How do you become someone? Can you give our listeners like just something to think about? How do you become someone to go to war for? You don't have to be the biggest personality. You don't have to be that. But how do you become someone that say, I want to work for you? Any, anything you might just suggest to our leaders? Yeah. I mean, people want to see somebody who works hard and Love knows that. that they have their back. So like first one in, last one out is a great way to start. Like just you get a, and, and if you're a rep, you get a longer leash if you're that person. Like if, if, if you're not hitting stuff or you're not ramping fast enough, but you're the first one and last one out, you get, you might get an extra month or okay. you might get an extra quarter. But if you're like the person who's like, oh, I'm taking off Friday, I'm taking off Friday again. It's like, well, what's this guy in his long weekends? Like well, he's got a bachelor party every weekend. He's going away on Thursday night or something like that. Like this guy's got a short leash. He better be, he better be crushing it right off the bat. Um, guy or girl. So, um, I think like even for a leader, first one in, last one out and that kind of mentality and um, coming in, setting expectations right away with your team is, you know, the sign of a good leader. Uh, being open to feedback, uh, not coming in and making uh, too many harsh decisions right off the bat or big decisions right off the bat, but like really surveying the landscape and being somebody that people know makes thoughtful decisions and they can trust when the decision is made. I mean, trust is a big part of it. And, you know, sometimes people tell me, tell me stories, horror stories are like, oh, they hired this guy, came in and fired everybody right off the bat. It's like, that's, that's, what does that do? Like, I, you, you can't just like, if it's not your process and you look at the numbers and like, and there's been no expectations set or expectations set by previous leadership and you just fire a bunch of people, it's going to be really tough to keep everybody else motivated or hire new talent. Um, and with LinkedIn these days, you could see the graph. Yes, um, you can. Yeah. You know, we had, we have a, we have a competitor that competitor that's local to you that like they went to 700 employees pretty fast and now they're down to like 400. And, you know, I wouldn't want to go work for a company that went from 700 to 400, like no matter what the promises were, like I wouldn't want to do business with a company that went from 700 to 400. I'd be worried if they were going to be around in a year and a half. Because like, I promise you, Max, that those people didn't say, Hey, the plan is to go from 700 to 400. They didn't no, tell them. Yeah. No, that was, that was something that was botched. And that was something that leadership messed up somewhere along the lines. And that, that, that trust there becomes eroded, whether it was a couple bad hires or, or, or not. At the end of the day, the CEO is, is the one who makes those decisions. And, and, and the sales leader, in this case, is the one who makes all the decisions on the sales team until like the buck stops at them. That's good. Max, you're awesome. I, I'm laughing at myself. I knew this would happen. Every time you and me get on the phone, we always run out of time. It was like, hey, dude, I got to go. We're, we're at that point. We're up, at the, we're up on it, man. We're, we're running out of time, and I'm sensitive to your time and our, and our listeners. I want to finish with you the same way that we finish with everyone. But first thing I have to do is thank you 
that that uh, tactic on how to be a go to war for leader, I think is going to go a long way with the people. So thank you for sharing that and everything else that you've shared. I finish every podcast the same way with everyone. I can't wait to hear your answers. Okay. So you're ready for the first one. Yeah. Biggest sales leadership challenge you've, you've had to face and how did you face it down? Biggest sales leadership challenge. Um, well, is it marketing leadership challenge or sales leadership challenge or anything? Would you want my you, current I'll, experience? I'll let you pick either because you're that guy. You get to have that freedom. You can pick either one. Oh man. Um, I, I think managing out, um, managing out employees who aren't necessarily doing, aren't necessarily performing poorly, but are toxic to the organization. Mm. that's tough. That's a tough leadership challenge. And um, you got to do your best to find like a win-win situation out of that. And uh, it's not always easy, but you know that the other people on your team, um, you know, kind of want it to happen, need it to happen. And you know, you're going to lose some performance, but in the long run, it's going to be better for the organization. And so it's a tough call to make. And then when you make that call, you know, you have to, you have to do it in a way where you're going to one, cover your ass as a company. Right. Um, and two, make sure you don't lose, uh, lose face or lose morale for the rest of the team, uh, that that's currently there. So sometimes it could be a, a tricky balance beam, so to speak, but uh, that, a, that was tough for a recent one for me. That's a good one, man. I mean, there's, there's never an easy way to do that. And there's always some kind of damage associated with it. So that's a good share. Yeah. Okay. Second one. Uh, readers, I'm sorry, leaders or readers. I mean, the great leaders never stop learning. Anything that you'd recommend, uh, gets, uh, in their library of things to read if they want to be a great sales leader. Um, Og Mandino, greatest salesman in the world. was like the first sales book I read, which is, uh, which I don't know. It was a game changer for me because it was, it's, it's sales focused, but it's also like almost spiritual and it's a lot about just helping helping people and you'll be successful and a lot about, I don't know the way I read it about, about, about building relationships and business karma and things like that. So it's something I reread um, and refresh over and over again. It's, it's, I don't know, the fastest no, two hour read two hour like not, not, not crazy. Um, other, other books, obviously my book hacking sales and our upcoming book, uh, uh, sales engagement that's coming out March 12th, I believe. Unless you're coming to Unleash, then you get a copy early. So this is perfect. You know that those are that, those are some good books. So let's talk about. That's my last thing: is how do they get more from you? How do they follow you? And I'd really like you to share just a minute what's happening with Outreach Unleash and the upcoming sales engagement book. I'd love our listeners to be on the lookout for those. If they're not coming to the event, maybe this is going to get them to want to come because I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. A lot of great leaders are going to be there. Can you, can you share how to get more from you and, and what's what else from Outreach and Unleash in your book? Yeah, so our sales engagement conference, um, all talking about all things sales engagement. So if you're not an outreach customer, you're still going to get a ton out of it as long as you are um, engaging with customers and buyers, prospects. Um, so I think that that's pretty much everybody listening here. But um, it's a two-and-a-half-day event in San Diego, March 10th to the 12th. We've got... Um, senior revenue leaders, VP and C level from um, all sorts of amazing companies like Amazon Web Services, LinkedIn, SAP, Google, uh, Twilio, Procore, RingCentral, um, 
they're all speaking at this event. And they're going to be Don't forget X Voyant. Rob is speaking. <laughs> uh, man, we got some great ones. Jocko, uh, Richard Harris, Trish Bertuzzi. So we, we've got Lauren Bailey. Yeah, phenomenal companies. Um, and just all things sales engagement. It's going to be about a thousand people. We're on a private island in San Diego, um, called Paradise Point. And it really is paradise. And, um, yeah, it, it's just an amazing event. Uh, if, if, um, Anybody has any questions, go to unleash.outreach.io or ping me on LinkedIn, which is the best place to find me. Um, so Max Ouchler on LinkedIn. And then uh, we have a book coming out also that will be available at Unleash or on March 12th, and that's called Sales Engagement, and it is about all things sales engagement. We've got probably 25 guest authors that have uh, written a piece in there, uh, you included, Rob, yep. on um, everything from you know how to – run A-B tests and what the data tells you to um, account-based sales development and account-based marketing to, um, you know, optimal uh, sequences, omni-channel outreach, um, coaching. There's, uh, you know, for sales engagement, there's just so many different things in there. And it's uh, uh, 250 pages full of um, amazing modern sales uh, knowledge. So really excited to get that out there to the masses. Max, you did not disappoint. Uh, I'm so glad we got you on. Thanks for what you've done for our profession in sales. Thanks for the friendship that you and I have. And uh, thanks for you know being someone that would come on and give every one of our listeners some insights on how they can use marketing differently, how they could be a leader that people will sign up to follow and ultimately get into or stay in high growth mode. Uh, and I say with everyone, Max, uh, thanks uh, for joining us and, and happy selling. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that even matter? I want to start by just throwing out a shout out to all of you sales leaders. I, I love the sales profession and we sign up for the hardest job I think in business as sales leaders. I just had the opportunity, opportunity to be at the Stevie Awards on Friday night in Vegas and shout out to Michael Gallagher for putting together the Stevie Awards and, and recognizing the greatest accomplishments in sales over a course of a year. It's, it's a great event. I had a chance to rub shoulders with some of the best sales leaders in the business. Um, and got a lot of compliments on the podcast and actually lined up a few more people that you'll be seeing on the show. I just get fired up being around great sales leaders. And, and, and so to come back and listen to my interview with Max again and break down this, this interview, Max Altshuler is a rare find, and we're super glad to have him on this show. Because Max brings to you this awesome perspective as a salesperson that's now doing marketing, and you don't see many of them. And I like how he talked about how he is the persona. And what we need to get down and get great at as salespeople is how do we take the right message to those personas that, that we can help solve problems that matter. And if we can do a better job of making it easy to connect to problems, and if we can help our marketers do a better job of helping us connect to those problems with those people that own those problems, the chief problem officer, if you will, you're going to have a lot more success with every rep on your team. And that's one of the reasons why Max is making a big difference over at Outreach right now is because he is that persona. Now, we don't always have that luxury. I like, in fact, that's quoting Max. If you don't have the luxury of having someone who is the persona running marketing, but he's got some suggestions. 
because it is a rare find. There's not many times that I've seen that happen. Uh, I can only think of one other off the top of my head, and it's Jack Kosakowski, who's now running the creation agency in the United States. And, and Max does ama- I mean, and Jack does amazing work as well for his customers because he is their persona as well. So Max has three things that I really want to break down in our so what. The first is the Max Altshuler Beatitudes, where he said, if you don't have the luxury, here are some things you can do. I, I whittled it down to four things. The, the four Max Beatitudes are be a relationship builder. And so what's your relationship plan? Be intentional about that, that relationship with your marketing team. And don't just go chasing your own agendas and, and just be so focused on, on sales that we lose track of our partners. You know, build that relationship as well and, and encourage the members of your team to be very intentional about building those relationships with their teammates. Uh, which takes to number two, be proactive. Make sure you're sharing with marketing what's working and maybe more important, why. And I think a really great uh, culture that you can help create is one of co-creation. Be the partner you, you wish you were working with. Co-create. You know, Don't just do your own thing. Uh, don't just take what you're given. Uh, I think you'll find that if you reach out, people will reach back. And I think that that, that concept of co-creation will go a long way if you're proactive. Which takes me to number three. The third of the Max Outshuler Beatitudes is be engaged. Walk in their shoes and make it easy for them to walk in yours. You know, Max talked about, are we making this easy? And I think that if you continue to make things easy for them to see what's going on in sales, what's going on um, in your world, you're going to find that they want to help. I mean, the marketing side wants to be helpful. They want to help the company win. And, and that leads us to the fourth one, be authentic. And the easiest way to be authentic is to make sure there's alignment. And uh, Max gave some suggestions on sometimes why we get out of alignment. And here's what I would suggest. Align to the revenue, revenue goals of the company. And maybe more important, the mission of the business. Don't align to personal agendas or personal goals. Align to the mission of the business. And if you do that, you can be the relationship builder, be proactive, be engaged, be authentic. You'll find that marketing is your best friend. Because frankly, I'm sick and tired about this age-old dilemma of marketing versus sales, sales versus marketing. It's, it's crap. Uh, let's be the partners that we want to have. And what you'll find is they reach back, and they reach back fast. And all of a sudden, the sum becomes much, much better than the parts. So that's that's his ideas around how do you engage with with marketing. He gave he gave a bunch of tips. Go back and listen to it. Actually, share the podcast with your marketing counterparts. I think they'll be glad to hear it. Um, but I really loved his concept of be the leader that your team wants to go to war for. He gave a number of ways that you can be that leader, and they're centered around honesty and integrity, work ethic. You know, really have their back. And, and set clear expectations. I thought the, the idea of setting clear expectations makes you a leader that they want to go to war for. I thought that was really insightful. Uh, don't just tell them to work hard. Don't just hit them with a quota. Uh, let them know what the expectation is. Are you creating well-lit pathways to success for how they'll get there? If you can create well-lit pathways for success, Max is right. They'll go to war for you. They won't tiptoe down that pathway. They will storm down that freaking pathway. And I love this last one. Be open to feedback. Okay. Um, diagnose before you prescribe. Nobody wants to work for a know-it-all. Everybody wants to work with and for people that take an active role in helping create these organizations 
where people thrive. And, you know, he finished with the last thing that I, I thought that was awesome was how do you handle toxic people regardless of performance levels? It was just an awesome interview. I love Max. Max is a friend. Uh, there's a reason for that. It's because he really contributes to the sales community. If you don't follow Max, you need to. Uh, if you aren't looking at his content, you're crazy. My, my advice to you, if you're going to be a high-growth sales leader, connect to and follow Max. And, and I'll give a plug that's non-compensated. I don't have anything to gain from it at all. If you're not going to Outreach Unleash, you need to. If you're a high-growth sales leader that is not going to Outreach, find a way to get there. Uh, hit me up if you want help with tickets. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of reasons why you want to go there. Uh, it will be a killer event with great leaders. Uh, it's going to be one of those vibes that you want to have. It's going to be one of those events where you want to go rub shoulders, okay? Don't miss this one. If you are a sales leader, rub shoulders with the people that will be there. Take in the content and leave a better leader than the one that went there in the first place. Place. Take my word for it. I'm endorsing this with all of the uh, endorsement I can give. And I'm going to tell you, find a way to get there. And as always, right, don't worry. Just execute. And our mission here at Exvoyant is we got you. Happy selling. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.